When Netflix started cutting its Marvel shows loose in 2018, viewers everywhere made sure to voice their displeasure with their decision. The premature loss of programs like Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones led to serious social media outcry, including the desire for the actors to make the leap to the big screen. To many, these versions of the Marvel Comics characters are their defining live-action portrayals, and are more than worthy of joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe. However, losing their shows and their canon status means there's potential for widespread recasting down the line. Many fans are opposed to this idea, and remain especially vocal in their desire to see John Bernthal return his job as Frank Castle, better known as the Punisher. First introduced as a supporting character in Daredevil's second season, Bernthal's take on Frank Castle immediately won fan support. His ability to sell the Punisher's cold outlook on life while still maintaining his vulnerability as a mentally damaged war veteran earned him a devoted fanbase. Even after his solo show's cancellation, Punisher fans remain hopeful that if Castle ever does make the jump to feature films, he'll once again be left in the capable hands of Bernthal. However, The Walking Dead alum has got on the record saying that those in charge will have to meet one requirement if he's to even consider bringing Frank Castle to life again. The Geek House Show YouTube channel got the chance to sit down with with John Bernthal, and discussed his time as Frank Castle a bit, diving into his preparation to become the morally questionable Punisher. After making it clear that he believes that Frank Castle belongs first and foremost to the fans of the comic books, Bernthal said, I have to um, go as deep into it and, and dig into the wound of it as, as, as deeply as I, as I can. Bernthal went on to explain that while he doesn't consider himself a method actor, he does put a lot of dedication into his roles to create the best product possible. Bernthal also shed some light on the key factor of Castle's backstory that made his version of the character so harrowing. He admitted that he could never have played the role if he wasn't a father and husband in real life, saying that it was crucial to understand what it felt like to love someone more than himself. According to Bernthal, only after he knew how it felt to be willing to give your life for them, um, can you begin to sort of imagine what it would be like if they were taken from you? The loss of his wife and daughter is what pushes the Punisher over the edge. In a way, Frank Castle's canonical origin story is a bit like a classic Greek tragedy that bleeds into an extended revenge story, so there's certainly plenty of emotion for an actor to mine. When asked if there was any news he could give on a potential comeback as a gun-toting vigilante in the future, Bernthal teased that there's, uh, there's always hope. While he made sure to communicate how humbled he was by the tremendous fan support for his performance as Frank Castle, Bernthal stressed that returning to the role for him depends on more than just the opportunity presenting itself. It's not about whether we do it, it's about getting it right and, and, and doing the version that, that um, the fans really uh, deserve. While The Punisher's MCU introduction still feels far off, it's not out of the realm of possibility that John Bernthal could someday don the iconic Black Skull shirt once more. If and when that happens, fans of Bernthal's personal assurance that he'll do his best to do Frank Castle justice. When, when we get the call to go, um, I'll be ready and I'll make sure that um, I do everything I can to make sure that we do it right or we, we won't do it at all. Check out one of our newest videos right here! Plus, even more Looper videos about the Marvel Cinematic Universe are coming soon. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the bell so you don't miss a single one. going on guys welcome to everything always my name is michael roman of course spider-man 3 started filming a couple of weeks ago and outside of some official reveals via tom holland's instagram that really only revealed the return of the spider-man far from home suit we haven't had any leaked photos or set footage 
but there are far too many cell phones in the world and it was only a matter of time and today we got our first official leaked footage from the set of Spider-Man 3, none other than what looks like Tom Holland and Zendaya. We're going to play the video for you guys and break it down, see if there's any other things we can see from the scene, but first if you could grab the subscribe button, we're still giving away this insane one fourth scale beta ray bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set. All you have to do to be entered to win hit the subscribe button, then leave a comment down below and if you want, stick around at the end of the video, we'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So we're going to play a zoomed in version very quickly of the video that was taken. It's made its way around the internet. You can clearly see there what looks like Tom Holland in his Spider-Man Far From Home suit, except it won't be Tom Holland. It'll obviously be one of his stunt doubles and what also looks like Zendaya on top of a suspended huge industrial container. Now you'll notice they're not inside of a city area and there's not gonna be any green screen. We also know that Spider-Man may be on the run. We might get to see some spider action in the wild, but this is an obvious stunt of him grabbing Zendaya and jumping off of that industrial container. Now we've speculated a lot that Spider-Man Homesick or Spider-Man Far From Home's sequel, whatever it ends up being called, may finally involve the normal trope of Spider-Man's loved ones coming under danger because they're trying to get to Spider-Man, leaving him to have to go on the run. This does, however, confirm that whatever love was there at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home is still between the two of them. And, of course, the scene with no real context being in a city is definitely very interesting. Normally, they would do this stuff on green screen or inside the studio, a stunt like this. But this is meant to be filmed outside and an actual stunt from the top of a crane. I would guess that's at least 30, if not 40 feet in the air. I'm very curious as to to what is going on in this scene and if you guys have any ideas I'm all for it but again you would normally film this sort of thing on green screen on mats not out in the open because well there's no green screen there what's even more curious is that a lot of the times when he's in full swing these sort of stunts they're actually CGI replicating whatever stunt double was in the Tom Holland costume so there's a lot of levels of curiosity as to what exactly is going on here but one final thought I want to point out when they originally leaked all of the locations that Spider-Man 3 was filming in. One of them in particular was Iceland, which if you're familiar with the terrain there is a densely wooded area. And I speculated at the time, that's a super bizarre setting for someone like Tom Holland and or Spider-Man. It's not the normal concrete jungle, the normal cityscape, rather him having to escape to the woods. He can't really flip and swing off the top of buildings. And this shot right here shows exactly that. No buildings, nowhere for him to sort of get away to. It's gonna be interesting to see if Craven truly is introduced and ends up chasing him to, well, a heavily wooded area. And if that heavily wooded area is meant to be somewhere else than Iceland, perhaps somewhere like Canada, what other characters could come along as an introduction depending on what happens with the story. Guys, I'm all ears. This is super exciting though and hopefully we're going to get some more leaked looks along the way. Let me know all your thoughts down below and quickly let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. We're still giving away this insane one-fourth scale beta ray bill. All you have to do to be entered to win, hit the subscribe button and then leave a comment down below because it's truly random. The more videos you comment on, the better chance you have of winning. That automatically enters you to win the other prize, the Infinity Saga box set we're giving away regardless of the subscriber count on New Year's Eve. Again, if you want to be entered to win any of the prizes, hit the subscribe button, leave a comment down below because it's truly random. Comment on all the videos, you have a better chance of winning. Then hit the notification bell with notifications turned on. And of course, if you enjoyed today's video, hit the like button. My name is Michael Roman. This is Everything Always, guys. Thanks for checking out the channel and stick around. We'll be posting again real, real soon.
What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name is Michael Roman. Today we have a ton of new Spider-Man 3 plot details in a leak very different than any that we've read through before. Of course, posted anonymously to 4chan. We're going to go ahead and read through them, break them all down, and see what they reveal about the upcoming story. Some very interesting details and different than what we thought. Like I said, not really close to any of the plot leaks we've gotten already this year. And of course, we'll issue the normal spoiler warning. We're going to break it all down. But first, if you could grab the subscribe button. Button. We're still giving away this insane one-fourth scale Beta Ray Bill and of course our third and final Infinity Saga box set next month. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do, hit the subscribe button, then leave a comment down below. And if you want, stick around to the end of the video. We'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So the normal spoiler warning as it pertains to anything anonymously posted for any of these Marvel movies. Guys, remember to take everything that doesn't come directly from Marvel Studios with a grain of salt. But in the past, sometimes these 4chan leaks are the ones that become the most true. That being said, if you're susceptible to this kind of thing, or if this is in any way going to ruin your Marvel Phase 4 or your Spider-Man 3 experience, you know yourself better than others. You've been warned. Also, don't go to 4chan. That site is not safe. Even though this post has been shifted around a couple of times, I have a text overlay for you guys, and usually by the time we report on these things, they're on Reddit. If you really want to find it for yourself, you can find this one as well, much safer than 4chan. You've been warned. Let's jump right into this plot leak. The movie does not deal with the multiverse stuff, and Doctor Strange only provides shelter to Spider-Man for some parts of the film. The leaker provided some specific scenes, which I really don't remember, but one included MJ. The plot revolves around a mysterious benefactor putting out a bounty for Spider-Man, which leads to six different villains going after him. There's one thing I want to mention about that. We'll circle back. These six villains never unite as the Sinister Six, but work alone or in smaller groups. They include... Craven and Chameleon working together, Electro working alone, and Vulture, Scorpion, and Shocker, all the holdovers, also working together. These three parties clash between each other and try to be the one who kills Spider-Man, for they all have their own motivations and, of course, the reasons they want to win the money. MJ is supposed to be working for the Daily Bugle, and it's how JJJ appears in the movie. Ned will die in the movie, not sure who kills him. There's also a scene where Aunt May almost gets killed when she steps in front of a villain to try to save Peter. There's a scene in the movie where Scorpion, Vulture, and Shocker attack the Sanctum Santorum, and Spidey and Strange have to evade them. The final battle will reveal that the benefactor is actually Mysterio. The big fight is Spider-Man trying to fight Beck's drones, while Beck tries to kill him and also tries to kill defeat the other villains to make himself look like the hero. There's apparently a scene where Thaddeus Ross, oh man, the ever-elusive Red Hulk, right? Talks with Happy in a meeting room or something along those lines. This means that William Hurt will have a cameo in the movie. The movie will include some hints and sets up towards a Craven movie, which we all know is coming. That is already in development over at Sony. And the next Venom movie, and that's absolutely no surprise. I would have guessed Sony would be trying to do that. Come on, they put literally the first cameo for the MCU in the first trailer for Morbius. They, they can't help themselves. Pepper Potts and Nick Fury will probably also have cameos. The credit scene include J.K. Simmons and Baron Mordo, which leads me to believe that one scene will set up Spider-Man related stuff and the other will set up the Multiverse of Madness. Now, this was a repost by memory of an original post that was eventually deleted, and as hard as I tried to search that original post, I didn't get there. But what's interesting is none of these details are details from other plot leaks. I've said it here at the channel so many times over the last two years that it's harder and harder for me to believe plot leaks as we get closer to the release of films, especially with an extra year delay now, because what happens is people start writing these leaks 
and just interpolating all the leaks that came before them and building on them. This one, however, is not that. It's completely different, and there's a couple of points I want to touch on. The first of which is tying in J.J. Jameson to MJ, which makes a lot of sense and then doesn't make it sort of weird why he'd be there in the first place. The second is that Doctor Strange not having anything to do with the Multiverse of Madness, even though we've had some light confirmations, again, of Andrew Garfield showing up in the beginning of the Multiverse of Madness, it doesn't look as though the Spider-Verse is going to be on the table for this film the way that we've sort of all pointed it to or the way that the plot leaks have had it. Now, the Sinister Six coming together but all working alone under the benefactory of, well, Mysterio, that actually had me scratching my head, not because I don't believe that Mysterio couldn't be dead, he's the master of illusion and that could easily be the case, but it's always been Dr. Octopus or Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin, whatever you want to say, whatever iteration, to put together the Sinister Six and without him in this film, it makes me feel like maybe a lost opportunity or all these villains come together to work for Mysterio, Spider-Man ultimately triumphs, and it takes a bigger man to come along and actually unite them since they're working differently. Now, there were a couple of benefactor points that we touched on throughout the last year, one of which being, of course, that it could be Norman Osborn. This seems to say it's Mysterio, but when you think about the Ant-Man 3 benefactor, and you go all the way back to Iron Man 2, when Justin Hammer reveals himself as a benefactor, part of me has always wondered if it's not Justin Hammer that's going to be coming back. And of course, when we heard benefactor in Ant-Man 2, it immediately made us think of Iron Man 2 when he refers to himself as such, but it would make sense that Mysterio would want to get his hands on Pym's technology. He has all of this Stark tech to make these illusions. How much better and stronger could his illusions be with some Pym tech? So it'll be interesting to see by the time we get to Spider-Man 3 and by the time we get to Ant-Man and the Wasp 2 or Ant-Man 3, whatever you want to call it, if they're not going to reveal that that's what's been going on the entire time. It just feels like a little bit of a rehashing to have Mysterio come back, but Jake Gyllenhaal's such an amazing actor, you can see why Sony and the MCU would want to use him in a different film and what a twist it'll be when he shows up at the end of the film after everybody's thought he's been dead this entire time. The other final thought I'll leave you with is the quote-unquote death of Ned. Now that'll be a very poignant scene. It's a little less than killing off MJ or Aunt-May, a lot less than killing off Un Uncle Ben, but I mean it's still going to be his best friend that we're going to see die. And I know a lot of you already know this, that eventually he could go on to become Green Goblin. It'll be interesting if it's a true on-screen death, or if that's where this eventually leads, feeling like he was let down or crossed by Peter, and that'll lead to the feelings of wanting to fight and defeat him because of whatever happens during this film. A lot of people have speculated that. It seems like that could fall right in line with what we want. And of course, the return of all these villains definitely sets up the Sinister Six. Guys, let me know all your thoughts down below about all of this. Had you seen this plot leak and how different is this than the rest of the ones we've heard? Definitely seems plausible. I'm all ears, guys. Let me know, as always, what you think down in the comments, real or not, and did you like it? And of course, let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. We're still giving away this insane one-fourth scale beta ray bill. All you have to do to be entered to win, hit the subscribe button and leave a comment down below. That'll automatically enter you to win this Infinity Saga box set. We already gave away two earlier this year in the channel. We're giving this third one away on New Year's Eve, regardless of the subscriber count. If you want to be entered to win the beta ray bill, the Infinity Saga box set, or any of the other future prizes we give away here at the channel, all the same rules will always apply. 
Hit the subscribe button because you need to be a subscriber here at the channel, then leave a comment down below because it's truly random. The more videos you comment on, the better chance you have of winning. Then make sure to hit the notification bell to keep up with our content. And of course, if you've enjoyed today's video and the rest of the videos here at the channel, we'd all appreciate it if you'd hit the like button. My name is Michael Roman. This is Everything Always. Guys, I have a brand new song dropping on Tuesday the 23rd on Impossible Records with one of my musical idols, KJ Saka. If you're not familiar with him, he's the legendary EDM drummer, member of of Pendulum. I know it's sort of out of left field for my last single, but if you're still listening in the last seconds of this video, there's a chance you might be interested and I'll be dropping that on Tuesday. Guys, thanks so much for checking out the channel. Stick around. We'll be posting again real, real soon. What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name is Michael Roman. Now in a video we did earlier in the week, I'll make sure to link at the end of this. We covered John Bernthal's most recent interview in which he was asked about returning as Frank Castle possibly in the MCU in light of Marvel not having announced what they'll do if anything with the holdover cast of Marvel characters from the now defunct Netflix universe. And what he had to say was that he was thankful for the character, how it turned out and connected with the fans, and that if ever the call came, Frank Castle would always be there, but it wasn't just John Brinthal's Punisher that connected with the fans in a way that made them want to see him back, but of course Charlie Cox's Daredevil as well, and according to one industry insider, those talks are set to resume between Cox and Marvel Studios next month. We're going to break down exactly what he said in one of his more recent reports, where this is coming from, and what it would mean for Charlie Cox's Netflix series. Would that become a part of the MCU, like canonization, or might he get the Deadpool treatment? We're going to break it all down, but First, if you could grab the subscribe button, we're still giving away this insane Beta Ray Bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set next month. All you have to do to be entered to win, hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and if you want, stick around at the end of the video, we'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So this report originated with industry insider and friend of the channel, Mikey Sutton, who has picked up a ton of traction based on A, his track record, especially when it comes to Spider-Man scoops, but recently launching his Geekosity mag has now been covered by a ton of Hollywood trades and the places that cover this kind of news even being referred to recently by CBR as a trusted industry insider. He went on to report last month that coming up here in a couple of weeks in December, Marvel Studios will look to reopen talks with Charlie Cox's Daredevil bringing him back and which is super interesting considering this week we heard that Ryan Reynolds could be announcing Deadpool 3 in December as well. He goes on to write, quote, Inside chatter about bringing Charlie Cox as Daredevil will finally lead to a possibly solid foundation as initial discussions for a new contract with Marvel Studios are expected in December. These are really just early talks, so there's no guarantee of an agreement, but possibly announced by year's end that would be right in line with Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool if so. Nevertheless, the shackles will be off and Marvel Studios can finally proceed with their new plans for Daredevil. Like Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool or J.K. Simmons as John Jonah Jameson, Cox could be among the few actors to transfer to Feige from a different department. Unlike those two though, Daredevil is owned by Disney, except his creative direction at the time had fallen under Marvel TVI of Jeff Loeb. Sources say that Feige is more interested in keeping Cox and less interested in following the Netflix continuity like he did 
with this series. And that's super interesting and a very important distinction as we've all speculated now for a full two years as to what Marvel Studios wants to do with these characters. If they're getting a full reboot, in the case of Ryan Reynolds, it's impossible to do that. The same actor playing the same character, the best they can hope for is only a couple of jokes as he breaks the fourth wall and just rebooting a character without being tied to any of his baggage. So you get the same actor portraying the same character, but you're not tied to the events of the previous shows. They can introduce their own version of the hand, they can introduce their own Electra, they could do their own version of the Electra saga, and although that may sound odd for characters who, well, have to ignore all of the backstory Daredevil having done multiple seasons, even John Bernthal with as much as he built out Frank Castle, but the truth is, they could also pick up in a way they did with Spider-Man in the MCU without tending to any of that backstory and just press the story forward so that they're not rehashing old ground we've already seen with the character, we don't need the sticks introduction Maybe they don't do Elektra at all. They take him in a different direction, help him team up with the other characters that are in his geography and on his level. We all know who I'm talking about, specifically Spider-Man, and we're about to get to that. And the huge upside to that is obviously getting to ignore the Netflix continuity altogether. You don't even deny its existence. You just don't acknowledge it and press forward. Marvel Studios has a history of doing that. I think they could do it here. Now, I want to point out this Spider-Man is this is super interesting. And if you follow channels like mine or the genre, you know this has been speculated going back over a year now that Daredevil, Matt Murdock, would show up during Spider-Man 3 to serve as his lawyer. Now, we've debunked that a million times, and as I always said here at the channel from day one, that script would have been written and complete before these rights were bounced back to Marvel Studios, which is just now happening now in order for them to have talks. But we all know how things went this year. We all know that the slate got pushed back an entire year and that they've just now started filming Spider-Man 3, which doesn't come out for over a year. If you remember back to Civil War, they were already underway in filming by the time that they had gotten the rights and the deal done with Spider-Man to introduce him during Civil War, and he was able to make a role in that script and a part of that movie. Then think about this with Daredevil, and if they could get this done, and this is purely speculation, then the door does fly wide open as to where they want to put him and when to introduce him, and then Spider-Man becomes squarely back on the table. Has the script already been written? Yes. Is the production done? Of course, but is there room for a post credit scene if they want to switch it up. Look, Marvel Studios has a history of doing things differently when they have to. We all know that the original Age of Ultron post credit scene wasn't something that was decided till very last minute and changed. The same with the original Avengers. Introducing Matt Murdock as a cameo in one of those post credit scenes would be such fan service. And now if they get talks underway and with a year left before this film comes out, becomes a total possibility. The truth is though, they don't have to force that there's going to be more than ample opportunity to get this character into the MCU and a fan favorite as he is in Daredevil with the awesome portrayal by Charlie Cox and as much time off as they've had. Now think about it. We've had the luxury of having an extra year off from Marvel content. The further those Netflix series fall behind in the rearview mirror, the more likely it is and easily acceptable for us to suspend disbelief if we see him as Daredevil again in a new role with a new story. I'm super excited at the prospect and it's awesome to think that Marvel Studios is open to this as well. We're going to have to wait and see, but guys, let me know all your thoughts down below of all of the Netflix characters. If you could only have one, Charlie Cox's Daredevil or John Bernthal's Punisher, and I don't think they'll be mutually exclusive. Hopefully, if they get the job done with one, they can get the job done with the other, but surely they have to know how people feel about these characters. One final thought I'll leave you with, of course, with Mahershala Ali, the villain 
in Luke Cage's show getting cast as Blade, there's a good chance they are going to ignore the Netflix continuity altogether. That adds a lot of feel to this report. It's definitely right on the money for what Marvel Studios would want to do. Again, we'll wait and see. Let me know all your thoughts down below and quickly, let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. We're still giving away this insane one-fourth scale Beta Ray Bill, which we may just give away by the end of the year since the subs have slowed down just a little bit now. We're going to give this away at 750 but we want to switch up the prizes. We have some awesome ones coming next month, so get in to win that by leaving a comment down below and being a subscriber that'll automatically enter you to win this Infinity Saga box set we're giving away on New Year's Eve. We already gave away two here at the channel earlier this year. If you want to be entered to win Beta Ray Bill, this Infinity Saga box set, or the PlayStation that's right around the corner and you guys know what I'm talking about, all the same rules will always apply. Hit the subscribe button because you got to be a subscriber to the channel. Then leave a comment on the video and because it's truly random, the more videos you comment on, the better chance you have of winning. Then hit the notification bell with notifications turned on to keep up with the videos and content here at the channel. And as always, if you enjoyed today's video or the content we put out regularly, we'd appreciate it if you'd hit the like button. My name's Michael Roman. You can find me over on Instagram at IamFiresOver on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Novellin, N-V-E-L-L-N. There is links down in the description to both. Thanks for checking out the channel, guys, and stick around. We'll be posting again real, real soon. going on guys welcome to everything always my name is michael roman now as i've made the point here real recently we've been so caught up in the immediacy of these unreleased disney plus shows and of course the entire delayed marvel phase four slate we haven't really had a chance to look ahead to those projects which either are semi-announced or not announced at all but that we know are coming in the mcu something along the lines of blade or fantastic four or even deadpool 3 and fresh off the rumors that ryan reynolds was asked to sign the biggest contract in mcu history now, when you talk about Robert Downey Jr.'s contract, that is a lot of films. But regardless of that rumor's of validity, we have a brand new anonymous 4chan plot leak today that is absolutely crazy, indicating that Deadpool 3 will take place during Avengers Endgame, that the snap may be the reason he ends up here. We're going to read through it word for word, break it down, try to contextualize it with what we already know about the future of the MCU and the Deadpool franchise, and of course, issue the normal spoiler warning first. But if you could grab the subscribe button, we're still giving away this insane one-fourth scale beta ray bill and next month our third and final infinity saga box set all you have to do is leave a comment down below and hit the subscribe button and if you want stick around to the end of the video We'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So first up, the normal spoiler warning, and it's twofold. Of course, make sure to take anything that doesn't come directly from Marvel Studios, especially those things which are posted anonymously to 4chan with a grain of salt. But in the past, some of these 4chan leaks have ended up being right on the money. So if this is in any way going to ruin your Marvel Phase 5 or Deadpool 3 experience, only you know if you're susceptible to that sort of thing. You might want to back out now. Also, don't go to 4chan to look for these things. You can usually find them resourced on Reddit, 4chan is not a safe site, and just in case you want to read through it yourself, we've actually sourced the original text here as well. You've been warned, literally, don't go to 4chan. Now, the plot leak starts, a new MCU Deadpool is indeed in the works. Reynolds and Feige have finally come to an agreement on what the movie will be. It's half a sequel to the established Deadpool series and half a reboot. Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick will return to write the script along with Reynolds, who already has a bare-bones draft constructed that he used to pitch the movie to Feige. It will be titled Deadpool Retcon and will be set during the snap. The film will open with the entire established supporting cast of the Deadpool franchise getting snapped away, with Weasel getting snapped off the screen to avoid using TJ Miller, and I have my doubts there, but we're going to get to that, which will be referenced in a fourth wall break. 
Deadpool will assume this happened due to him time traveling at the end of Deadpool 2 and attempt to fix it. The running joke is that Deadpool has always been in the MCU and there's definitely nothing strange about that. T-Ray is the villain. The film will be rated R and released under 20th Century Banner. It will work a lot like the Sony Spider-Man films where the MCU is canon to Deadpool but not necessarily vice versa. Reynolds signed a historically lucrative five film contract with Marvel Studios. There will be a big headline when the news breaks. The money is insane. Expect this news by December 10th, likely will be announced by Reynolds on Twitter, Instagram, possibly in character as Deadpool. Now there's a lot to break down in here and we're going to start with the first implication that Deadpool has always been in the MCU and there's definitely nothing weird about that. You guys will remember during Deadpool 1, even though it was including characters from the now defunct Fox X-Men universe, that they were possibly on a helicarrier at the end of that film. There's been implications throughout the entirety of both Deadpool films that it could be in the MCU. Of course, now that the rights are back over at Marvel Studios, if they wanted to do that, that's well within their right and their prerogative. The fact that they would allow him to somehow intervene though and be a part of whatever happened during Avengers Endgame, well, hold your horses right there because I doubt there's gonna be a reopening of any of that film, that they'll reshoot any of that or they'll even touch that masterpiece Let's face it, it's not akin to what happened with Star Wars, but we've all learned from past mistakes. Leave that alone. Now, with an historically large contract for Reynolds only being five films, when that was originally reported, it was reported that it wasn't a money large contract. That wasn't the historic part. It was the number of films he was going to be asked to be in. When you think about Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans, that is so many films, it's actually insane to think. And it's hard to think an actor of Ryan Reynolds' ilk, even with a character like Deadpool, would agree to be tied down for the next 10 to 20 years. If he's signing on for eight films, that's a lot of work for someone like him, who's as ubiquitous as he is and has his hands in so many pies, not even in front of the screen, but behind the screen as well. I doubt that they'll have any involvement from TJ Miller, and I was also wondering what they would do with the rest of the quote-unquote supporting cast if they would bring those characters over as well. Outside of maybe those cameos from the X-Men characters like Colossus, you could have the other supporting cast that wouldn't really intervene too much or interfere with what's going on in the MCU or any of their future plans for the X-Men, but it sort of does immediately canonize the now-defunct Fox X-Men universe and all of its loose ends and unbelievable timeline. You would never think Marvel Studios would have been willing to do that, but with confirmation now that Marvel is looking to do the same for the Spider-Verse and that they did reach out to Hugh Jackman and Sir Patrick Stewart, maybe they have a very sound plan on how they want to explain that, so it's not as scary a proposition to have those characters somehow find their way over and leave the loose ends of what's canon and what's not, again, from that Fox universe. Either way, the fact that it'll be rated R I don't think is a surprise to anybody, but it is a surprise to me that they would put it under the 20th century banner and not under the Disney and Marvel Studios banner. This is one of their more lucrative properties in a solo franchise and a proven franchise at that with two films that have, well, done really well. I'm surprised they would put it under another banner, but this could be evidence that Marvel is not looking to do a rated R film sector label like we said perhaps has been rumored in a couple of other places and we said would be a great idea because the demographic here at the channel indicates that everybody's over the age of 18. We are ready for rated R Marvel, see The Punisher. Either way, the running joke that he's always been there, that would make sense. That's what Deadpool tried to do from the beginning. And if he has signed a huge contract with lucrative money and he pitched this and it worked, 
I could see them doing something like this. The fact that the person who announced this on 4chan came with the final line to expect this news by December 10th and that it would likely come via Reynolds' Twitter or Instagram is extremely specific, more specific than you ever see on 4chan. In fact, I usually say that a lot of these plot leaks are complete nonsense, as this one could be, or just a compilation of all of the leaks before it. That is some pretty exact knowledge and even though i'm not going to claim this is real and wouldn't be surprised if none of this comes true if there's some sort of announcement around december 10th you better believe we need to revisit this plot leak now one final thought i'll leave you with especially as it pertains to bringing other characters over from deadpool is one character in particular that had a lot to do with the snap and had everything to do with why deadpool was time traveling in the first place none other than josh brolin's thanos and josh brolin's cable i hated it at the time the fact that those movies came out in such close proximity that they were both iconic Marvel characters, one a hero and one a villain, and that he was playing them both. I hate it even more now that Deadpool's going to be in the MCU with some sort of pseudo-canonization of his backstory, and I have no idea how Marvel intends on addressing this, if we'll see any of those characters, but it would follow to me that just the CGI on Thanos is not enough to separate Josh Bowen from these two roles, and it will be ultra-weird and unsettling in a way that I think would actually stop me from suspending disbelief belief if they have Josh Brolin's cable in a film that even comes close to crossing paths with Josh Brolin's Thanos and then you think about them allowing any of those characters or that masterpiece again to be reopened and I'm just not buying it. I'm not saying there isn't any truth to any of this but this is a long shot pun totally intended for sure and I have no idea how Marvel Studios would reconcile that. Guys let me know down below. I am all ears. What do you think about this plot leak? Again stay off 4chan. I've overlaid the text here for you but if you want to find it it's in a couple places on Reddit. What do you think about this? Any validity to this at all? The story is awesome. It's extremely intriguing. I just don't think they'd want to cross this over with Endgame in any way but I may be wrong. Let me know all your thoughts down below and quickly let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. We're still giving away this insane one-fourth scale Beta Ray Bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set. All you have to do to be entered to win, hit the subscribe button, then leave a comment down below because it's truly random. The more videos you comment on, the better chance you have of winning. All winners will be announced at the end of videos. If you've missed any of the past winners, no worries. Just scroll back through the channel, look for the winner announcement in the title, click on that video and scroll to the end. My name's Michael Roman. This is Everything Always. You can find me on Instagram at IamFires or on Twitch, Twitch TV forward slash Novellan. There's links down in the description to both. Guys, thanks for checking out the channel and stick around. We will be posting again real, real soon, including some very juicy Spider-Man reveals on the horizon. See you guys soon. On your left. So when they needed us, we could fight the battles that they never could. Welcome back everyone, it's Charlie. This is gonna be my new Black Panther 2 Marvel video. They just announced some big details about what's happening with the movie. You'll be surprised by some of it. So if you're brand new to the channel, be sure to subscribe to get all the videos. There's gonna be a bunch of really big stuff coming up. Marvel just made a bunch of big announcements about a bunch of different movies. We'll do a new Amazon giveaway. All you have to do to enter is be a subscriber and leave all your theories about Black Panther 2 on the video. And just recently, I also donated the money from my Chadwick Boseman videos to St. Jude's Charity. That was Chadwick Boseman's big charity that he spent a lot of time with. 
But just starting with the big stuff first, number five, recently The Hollywood Reporter did a big feature on the Marvel Phase 4 and Marvel Phase 5 movies that they're getting ready to start filming and revealed a bunch of big details about castings and what's going on. And Black Panther 2, which is the focus of a big part of that, is sort of a follow-up they did with the Marvel people since it's been a couple months since Chadwick Boseman unfortunately passed away and everyone's just still been so shocked about it all. No one really knew what Marvel was going to do with Black Panther 2 at the time, how they were going to handle it, because reportedly Chadwick Boseman had been telling people around him that he was expecting to be able to fully regain all the weight that he'd lost because his cancer had taken a turn for the worst in the last year. And they had planned to start filming Black Panther 2 in the spring next year, so he was absolutely certain that he was going to be able to bounce back. After he passed away, everything just froze for a little while. Kevin Feige and Ryan Coogler, the director, both issued really touching and respectful statements about how much Chadwick Boseman meant to them, how much of an amazing person he was in real life, and how much they wanted to honor his memory, particularly Ryan Coogler. It wasn't until a few weeks later after that, though, that reporters started asking the cast, particularly Letitia Wright, who plays Shuri, T'Challa's little sister in the movie, what was going to happen with Black Panther 2. And this is back in September, but at the time, she just said that we can't even think about it right now. It's too much to process with his death. It's too soon. But this past week in November, in Hollywood Reporter's article, they list a bunch of details about when Marvel is going to start filming the movie next year. That's right, they're going to start filming Black Panther 2 next year and what the story is going to be and what some of the characters are going to be. Obviously, everyone is wondering how they're going to do this without Chadwick Boseman, so to speak. So number four, they reported that Marvel will start filming Black Panther 2 at the beginning of July 2021, next summer. Originally, like I said, it would have been in the spring, but that was before the virus delayed everything. And then obviously they needed some extra time to just process Chadwick Boseman's death and figure out how they were going to handle that in the story. Marvel issued an official statement from one of the producers saying that they were definitely not going to be doing any kind of deep fakes or CG replacement to T'Challa in the movie. They were basically saying that they're not going to do the Star Wars Carrie Fisher thing with the Rise of Skywalker. They used a lot of technical wizardry to sort of add her back into the movie with a combination of CG and deleted scenes from earlier Star Wars movies. That doesn't mean that they won't have any Chadwick Boseman Black Panther scenes or T'Challa scenes in the movie at all. It just means that you're not going to see them fake any of it. There's still a lot of extra footage from the first Black Panther movie, from Captain America Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame that they could use to explain in the context of the story what happens to him. But I'll address that in a second because number three, also as part of this new report, one of the things that they focus on is that Marvel is beefing up Shuri's role in the movie significantly. That's the way they put it, saying that her role would be much, much larger now, which most people are taking as a sign that they're doing the comic book Shuri story of her taking the mantle of Black Panther from T'Challa when he was stuck in limbo. If you're not a big comic book reader, she took the mantle of Black Panther a couple different times for extended periods for different reasons each time though. The first time was when he was stuck between the world of the living and the dead, but he had trained her to take the mantle so that she could if something like that ever happened in the future. Then later after he was safely returned to the world of the living, she kept the mantle of Black Panther even though he was around because he wanted to focus on the task of being king and felt like he couldn't be a good king and be Black Panther at the same time. So T'Challa effectively separated the role of Black Panther from the role of King. That was around the Doom War arc in the comics, where Doctor Doom invades Wakanda to try and steal its vibranium. Everybody in Marvel Comics wants that sweet vibranium honey. The only time Wakanda has ever been invaded and it wasn't to steal their vibranium was when Namor and the Atlanteans struck them in retribution when he gained the powers of the Phoenix. 
Namor and Black Panther had been enemies for a long time in the comics. He was just one of the few antagonists Black Panther had that didn't want to steal anything from him other than his pride and his life. Speaking of which, the next big announcement that they made in this big Black Panther 2 report is that Marvel has already cast the main villain of the movie. Everyone assumed that Namor would be their top pick now that Marvel has the X-Men and Fantastic Four characters back and we're starting to get mutants in the WandaVision series. But the person they've cast is Tanakh Huerta from Narcos, Mexico, and he looks like he could pass for a number of different major Black Panther villains from the comics. They didn't confirm who he's playing, that's still a bit of a secret, just that he be the main villain, but he does kind of look like he could be a version of Namor. But until they confirm more characters or we see some early pre-production concept art, it's wide open to theory crafting. It's just that everybody points to that scene from Avengers Endgame because there were so many things that they teased for Marvel Phase 4 during Avengers Endgame with the underwater earthquake in the Atlantic Ocean that they were teasing Atlantis because we know from Nick Fury's map way back in Marvel Phase 2 and Iron Man 2 that Atlantis is right there smack dab in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Also, Black Panther 2 is one of those major Avengers-level movies, expecting them to introduce really big concepts and new characters set during Marvel Phase 5. It's coming out May 2022. They haven't changed the release date yet. That's around the time in the Marvel movies' release schedule people are expecting to start seeing more of the X-Men, Fantastic Four-based characters start showing up like more mutants and mutates. And speaking of X-Men characters and good news, we just learned a bunch of details about the Deadpool 3 movie at Marvel. I'll do a separate video about that this weekend, but it's all really, really good news. So there'll just be a lot of stuff with mutants happening by 2022 in the movies in the Disney Plus series. But number two, what does this mean for the future of the Black Panther character without Chadwick Boseman? And how are they going to handle that from a story perspective? Because right after Avengers Endgame, we got Spider-Man Far From Home and they used the entire beginning of that movie to address all the people that at least the world thought had died during Avengers Endgame. So when big Avengers characters pass away within the story universe, they do address it in future movies. As they stated in the report, Shuri becoming one of the main characters of the movie, it does sound like at least within the world of the MCU, T'Challa will pass away somehow or wind up in the ancestral plane and this new villain will pose some threat that's greater than Killmonger because it's a sequel and sequels are all about escalation, necessitating Shuri become the new Black Panther and the new Queen of Wakanda. He had no children, so the throne and the mantle of Black Panther passed to her by rights. But I know a lot of you have also asked how would she become Black Panther if Killmonger burned all those heart-shaped herbs that they used to give them their powers in connection to Boss, the Panther God. There's actually a couple really easy ways for them to explain her gaining Black Panther level powers. There's the very obvious, quote-unquote, we found more herbs growing in a secret previously unknown place inside Wakanda. Two, there's the comic book concept of introducing the panther god Boss in a bigger way, like Boss actually becomes a character in the movie, granting her divine powers of Black Panther. And three, probably the easiest and the way that makes the most sense is that she gets all of her powers from her technology, just like Iron Man did. Iron Man is one of those unique examples of a super powerful, top-tier Avengers member who doesn't have any real powers. He gives himself power through all of his tech and science. Shuri can do a version of that same thing with her unique brand of tech that's all based on vibranium science and the data that she harvested from the Infinity Stones during Avengers Infinity War. Shuri's version of Black Panther in the comics was a little bit different from T'Challa's, but MCU Shuri is already very different from comic book Shuri, so it's not a huge stretch for them to pull off. In number one, you also have to consider this doesn't account for any multiverse storytelling. So keep in mind that Marvel Phase 4 is all about multiverse tropes and alternate versions of characters we already know. 
For example, in the Loki series that we're going to be seeing next year, it's going to feature multiple alternate Lokis like the kid Loki, female Loki, and one that they're calling classic Loki like the Walt Simonson version of Loki, super evil Loki. There's going to be two versions of Thor during Thor 4, so there's always the possibility that an alternate universe version of Black Panther comes from the multiverse in Black Panther 2. But unless this new actor they're saying is supposed to be the main villain is an evil alternate version of T'Challa, I'm expecting the new MCU Black Panther to wind up being Shuri until they say otherwise. I know a lot of you have said, what about Michael B. Jordan coming back as Killmonger from the multiverse as Black Panther? Well, Michael B. Jordan has three movies that he's acting in next year, and he's producing the live-action Static Shock movie, so he is booked solid. I don't think that he has any time to come back and be a version of Black Panther again. But everyone post all your theories in the comments. If they say that they're not doing digital replacement for Chadwick Boseman, how do you think they're going to explain the new Black Panther of the MCU? What's going to happen is, is my Deadpool 3 video will post either later tonight or tomorrow. I've also got a new Mandalorian video that I'm working on. So as long as you have alerts enabled for my channel, you should see all those videos when they post. Everyone click here to learn what's going on with Thor 4 and the Avengers crossover they're doing in that. And click here for my full Mandalorian Season 2 Episode 4 video. Thank you so much for watching. Everyone stay safe. I'll see you guys tonight.